For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, y'all. This is Josiah Gray, and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, episode 172. We are moving along throughout this lockout offseason and giving you another exciting episode of Half Street High Heat. We are doing something different tonight. Obviously, like I just said, we are in a lockout, not uh, anything going on, really. We're very much at a stalemate between the players and, uh, you know, the MLB. But there are some interesting items to talk about. So we decided to switch things up. Tonight's episode, obviously you're listening to this, isn't just on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. It's also going to be on YouTube. We talked about this for a while. Um, Our episodes, hopefully going forward, will be on YouTube. Tonight's going to be the kind of test drive of it. You know, we're going to iron out the kinks. And then by the time season rolls around, Whenever that is, whenever the lockout officially ends, our episodes will be 100% on YouTube in addition to podcast format. Uh, this way, or you know, everything we're talking about, any visual references, uh, aids, guides that we, we have uh, on screen, you know, if it's a baseball reference page or a graphic, you guys get to see it as well, be a little bit more interactive and whatnot. So that's going to be the platform going forward. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. But joining me tonight is the YouTube man himself, Trey. Obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see him, you know, you know. Hey. But for those still listening in the, you know, the OG method, Trey is joining me tonight. Uh, Trey made his podcast debut on Trivia a couple of weeks back. We won't talk 
about your podcast or your trivia performance. Uh, maybe that isn't. Yeah, the, let's bury that one. Yeah, we'll, bury we'll bury that. that. We'll focus on, you know, the future going forward. YouTube channel. Trey has been absolutely killing it. If you follow the show on Twitter, as you should, you guys know the Friday film days. Trey has been absolutely on fire. Trey, thank you for joining me tonight. How are you doing? Of course, of course. I'm uh, feeling pretty good. I'm ready to discuss some salary dumps. Let's take yeah. on some money. Yeah. So what we're doing, to, I, yeah, it, it's, it's been a while. Like obviously we had the holidays. We, you know, we've kind of uh, supplemented some half street high heat episodes for trivia. So it feels like it's been a while since we recorded uh, like a true episode of, of half street high heat, but I should have mentioned that off the top. Yes. The interesting thing we're going to talk about is salary dump trade I- ideas um, that was published I don't remember who, but it was on MLB Trade Rumors, uh, you know, initially got the idea rolling uh, that if teams around baseball are interested in, you know, getting rid of kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, albatross contracts, they should contact the Nationals. The Nationals have, you know, a lot of money coming off the books. They didn't, you know, jump in on the spending prior to the lockout. So, all of the available cap space that they had at the end of the season is still available to spend. So they could take on a, a large albatross contract and the benefit of doing that for those maybe not familiar with these types of trade and this trade strategy is a team, you know, would give you that player and that contract you take on that money, but in, in exchange, they also give you a top prospect. And that's obviously what the Nats have been doing. That's what they're looking to do. Obviously, everyone knows that the deadline, they prioritize those top close to MLB ready prospects. So absorbing a, a unwanted salary is just another method to reach that goal. And it's a very viable method. Uh, several teams have done this throughout the years. Uh, the, the Dodgers did that, I, I guess, kind of famously with the insane deal with uh Adrian Gonzalez and Josh Beckett yep. and Carl Crawford. Uh, that that was kind of the, the most notable one in history. But the Nationals have an opportunity to do that, should they so choose. And tonight, we're just going to go through all, pretty much all of the candidates that we could think of that might fall in that category. So it's going to be a very fun episode. We're going to you know talk all hypotheticals, which is really all we have right now because it is a lockout. But also, it's national, so none of this is ever going to happen anyways, but it's still fun to talk about. That's why we're here. And it's a lockout, so there's no baseball content. So we're here to you know spice things up and give you your baseball fix. So that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Like I said, we're going to go through the entire league. Uh, we're going to go division by division because that obviously makes it easier. Um, did I hit on everything? I feel like I covered most everything. Uh well, pretty much besides uh, Tyler's article. So we want to mention that probably. Of course, my apologies, Tyler, if you're listening to this. Tyler was, you know, the one uh, in Half Street High Heat who kind of got this going. So this, uh, you know, episode idea was really, you know, piggybacking off his article, which you should have read already on HalfStreetHighHeat.com. If you didn't, no worries. Go to the website. Go check it out. It's a great read. Uh, Tyler highlighted three candidates. Um, and potential trades that would be great for the Nats to pull off and, um, you know, in their best interest, in the best interest of both sides. So uh, definitely go check that out. Um, but yeah, we're expanding upon that idea and just going through everybody because there are plenty of players throughout 
the league that not only teams would possibly want to get rid of and get rid of their contracts. So it frees up them to maneuver elsewhere, but also for the Nats, you know, you get top prospects, but you also get viable MLB talent for a team that all of a sudden lacked viable MLB talent, you know, in August and September in 2021. So that will be, you know, the idea and the mindset we're going through tonight. So let's get into it. Uh, we're going to start with some sort of more realistic trades. And by that, I'll explain a little bit later what I mean by that. Um, but we're going to go division by division. We'll start in the AL Central. Um, obviously, you get your Royals, you get your White Sox, your Tigers, your Guardians, now Guardians, now it's official, and your Twins, several candidates, and ironically, several candidates that the Nats were linked to at one point or another, you know, in their long history of kicking the tires on folks. We'll start in Kansas City with the Royals. Two candidates right off the bat, Carlos Santana, Mike Miner. For those maybe not as familiar, Carlos Santana, switch hitting, first baseman. We have one of those right now, but if the Royals are looking to salary dump, that could be a fit, especially with the potential for the universal DH to come into play. Mike Miner, Lefty had a couple of good seasons in Texas and then kind of fell off. But again, salary dump. Not all these guys are going to be coming off great seasons. Uh, that's the point of teams wanting to get rid of their salaries. So, uh, Trey, off the top, Carlos Santana, Mike Miner, do you see either of these as like a, a true option or is this, you know, the Royals aren't very good either. So maybe they're content staying pat. Um, yeah, I actually do see particularly Mike Miner as a decent option here because the Nationals pitching rotation, starting rotation right now is ugly. Uh, and obviously pretty much Stras, Strasburg, Corbin, and Gray are the locks, but we still need to fill out the last two spots. Um, so the interesting part about Miner, actually, his 2021, uh, when I was looking earlier, is that it seems like he kind of got unlucky. Uh, his ERA is way higher than his fifth. That normally means he wasn't getting much help from his defense. Right. Um, so honestly, I think it could be a steal where you also benefit by maybe getting probably not a top prospect for minor, but you know, something. Uh, and then, you know, you might actually see his numbers come back to being, you know, where he was in Texas, because uh, just looking at these numbers, it, he, he honestly has gotten unlucky as a Royal uh, so far. So Santana's more, I, I would see him more on a, uh, probably a team that needs a first baseman. I don't right. really, you know, assuming the Nationals stick with Josh Bell, we don't really need that. So the minor pick is more, more, uh, more likely uh, to me than Santana. Yeah, it's probably worth mentioning before I, you know, weigh in on, on these two candidates. There was uh, an additional article. Again, I, I should have looked it up by, by who, who put it out there. Josh Bell in his own right is a trade candidate, you know, as much as me personally, and it seems like the fan base has grown to love Josh Bell. You know, he, he's definitely, I think in post uh, season or like after the season has certainly got his recognition for what a great season he did have after a slow start. You know, he could be a viable option for other teams if the Nats choose not to extend him. And the only reason the Nats might choose not to extend him is he might not fit their realistic timeline. Like Soto has a guaranteed three more seasons, you know, uh, of arbitration and whatnot 
locked up, but we're not necessarily guaranteed to be competitive in those next three seasons. So trading Josh Bell, even though he's only been here for one year, might, not going to say will or does, but might make sense for the Nationals to do because they could get, you know, better prospects than the ones they traded for him uh, just a season ago. I don't necessarily want it to happen because I, I think you can retain Josh Bell on a very reasonable contract. And that just gives you another solid piece in your lineup. And at first base, he plays a great first base switch hitter. Like there's a lot to like about Josh Bell. We talked to Josiah Gray a couple of weeks ago and he talked about how Josh Bell was kind of one of the guys that greeted him. And obviously we know the, the names that left DC after the trade deadline. So it was good to hear Josh Bell kind of took on that, you know, leadership role. So it, it would kind of suck to see it go so soon, but at the same time, you know, this is a business and we kind of knew what we were signing up for or what we were in for after the deadline, uh, you know, with the, the future of the Nats and kind of the moves they were going to need to make, which is why we're talking about this, but should they trade Josh Bell, Carlos Santana would be someone in play. And if the universal DH comes into play, then yeah, Carlos Santana would be in play as well. Um, but should they keep Josh Bell? Yeah. I, I don't know that Carlos Santana is necessarily a target. I think there's a couple other first base options that might be a little bit more intriguing if as in terms of a salary dump. Mike Miner, though, I think is someone to watch out for. My only, uh, I could say concern, but uh, my only like hang up on a, a potential deal with the Royals in general is that the Royals stink. So they might not be looking to necessarily dump salary themselves. They might be looking at it in the same position the Nats are, where it's like we can actually take on more salary and, you know, get a couple prospects ourselves. So if the Royals were looking to dump minor, then yeah, that's something we should look at. But otherwise, I, I don't know that I necessarily see it. It's, uh, you know, with minor, I feel like it's, it could happen with the Nats, but it's probably going to happen with a different team, not as a salary right. dump, but if he comes back, you know, towards someone's going to buy on before, him. Yeah. Someone, someone right. could buy on him at the, at the deadline. Right. Oh, and uh, so, something I was going to say about Bell as well. I'm personally in the camp that believes that he's not going to get traded and I don't want him to. And right. I think something that's a little bit overlooked and, you know, we look at his stats and the numbers were, were damn good. He was good defense. Uh, Josh Bell seems like he's a leader in that clubhouse. And I don't think they want to trade that guy. I don't think they want to trade those kind of guys. And like you were talking about with what Josiah said, Bell was the first guy to greet him. I feel like that's probably not, that doesn't seem like from my perspective that that's something that's a one-off thing. He seems like he's generally a great clubhouse guy. So trading guys like that is probably more harmful to the, just the team morale than anything. Yeah. The the team's not going to like that. If you know, they're boys with Josh Bell and Josh Bell gets traded. It's like, yo, what the hell? Like, I mean, it's, there there's that kind of personal aspect to it from the player's side that affects the business side, which is what, you know, the front office is tasked with caring about, but Rizzo himself has preached clubhouse culture being a priority. So I agree with you. It's like, why would you trade a a glue guy almost? And and like, 
you know, Max, I'm sure was probably a glue guy and he kept everyone in line and, and uh, you know, Trey was there forever and, you know, down the line, but the, that was more for the business side. It's not like, like you wanted to get rid of them. It's more, you kind of had to, you don't have to get rid of Josh Bell. So it might be a little bit different there. I would like to see him stay. Uh, let's move on to a, a, another team and specifically a team that Tyler highlighted in his article, uh, the White Sox. Very interesting trade partner. Obviously, everyone knows the Adam Eaton deal. Talked about that ad nauseum on the show. Uh, I don't want to go down that road again, but there we, we bring it up because there is a history of working together uh, on a deal. They have two candidates in particular, both pitchers, which is something the Nats do need and should be looking to, you know, add to Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell. Is Keuchel, is he on an expiring deal or is he still have two years left? I believe he has two. Let me okay. check. And Kimbrell just has uh, the one. Kimbrell, I think he's on one. Yeah. So. Yeah, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you know, Trey fixed this in post. So he's seeing the stats and I'm not, which is why I'm going to ask him questions from time to time. I'm not just like ignoring the stats on my screen. I just can't see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but Keuchel yeah. is he's yeah, he's going to make 18 million this year and 20 million next year. So. Which <laughs> Ryan loves to say it on the show. Pitching is expensive. And Keuchel is not the Cy Young Award winner that he once was. And, you know, he might not even be worth the 18 or 20 million he's getting paid. Not saying he is or isn't, but pitching is expensive. You got to, you know, view pitching in a lens that you're going to need to pay a little bit more than probably you want to for pitching. It's just kind of the way it goes and what we've seen so far through this offseason, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez got paid. Eduardo Rodriguez is a perennial Big. guy that, you know, a, a perennial four plus ERA and he's getting, you know, $20 million a year. Yeah, he it, got, he got the nature of it. <laughs> yeah, it's just the nature I, of it. I actually don't mind that deal, though, because, you know, he went to the Tigers, I believe. Yeah. Right. Detroit. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know. Big stadium, that's going to help as the area go down. <laughs> right. <laughs> so not the worst idea, I guess, but a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. But for Keuchel, two years, it like we always say there's no no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Two years it is short enough where like you can swallow it. Is it great? No. But you, you, you can swallow it, especially if Keuchel regains form at all. I mean, th- that's that's a home run because, again, Pitching is expensive. Yeah. So if he regains form at all, Nats aren't competitive. They're going to have plenty of teams calling for Keiko services because not only is he a former Cy Young award winner, he has plenty of experience pitching in the postseason. So th- that's incredibly valuable for any team looking to make a run. You know, injuries happen all the time throughout the season. You know, a team that might think it's set at pitching in April might not be set at pitching come June. So a guy like Keuchel with the resume he has is, you know, incredibly valuable. And he's a lefty, which, you know, is a value in itself. So even though he doesn't have the best contract, none of these guys do. None of these guys that we're talking about have great contracts, which is why they are included on this list. So it's like, for me, I'm not even necessarily thinking about the 18 to 20 million. It's not great, but it's almost a non-factor where we're talking about this 
as though the you know the Nats can assume or you know assume any of these salaries within their their payroll. Craig Kimbrell, on the other hand, White Sox literally just traded for him, so I don't know how that would impact a potential return for for him if they're looking to you know replace that prospect value or if they're just looking to get out from the the one year what is it 24 million is, is that what you said it, yeah it's over over 20 million i do believe so jeez uh I, yeah a lot of money that's a lot but again or he's gonna be making um 16 million okay year. 16 million so not as yeah. bad as 24 not as but, bad. still a lot though <laughs> yeah still a lot especially for a reliever but again one year deal so you can swallow it it's not like there's going to be a, a bunch of deferred money that affects you down the line uh i don't know what that white Sox asking price is but if you know if let's just assume this is a package deal a package salary dump right that's we'll just say 35 million 35 million in, in one year you, you can assume that you get two quality pitchers and you're going to get a pretty nice prospect because at over the life, one. at least yeah, at, at over the life of the deal, the Nats are really assuming 55 million because you get mm-hmm. the second year of Keuchel 55 million, you know, that that's going to net you a pretty nice return. Like if you think back to the Arenado Cardinal swap, like the, the Rocky granted, the Rockies are not, not the example to follow if you're MLB franchise, but the Rockies literally traded Arenado and 50 million to get better prospects. Like they were essentially buying prospects. That's kind of what the Nats are doing in this, in this situation. They're effectively paying 55 million over two years to get really good prospects. Do, do you have like potential? I, I know Tyler outlined a couple of prospects in, in his article, but do, did you have anyone in mind that you were kind of eyeballing if the Nats did, uh, you know, acquire Keiko and Kimbrell? I'll be honest with you. I didn't actually get that far. <laughs> I, only, I, I just listed the players. I didn't, I didn't actually get to the prospects. Well, so that's I what we have really Tyler for. T- Tyler's smarter than we are. And he outlined the prospects, but this is all just to say, you know, two pitchers and two quality pitchers wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Plus if they're, you know, anything like their former selves in 2022, you can easily trade them at the deadline. It feels like pitchers are easier to trade than hitters because again, pitching is expensive. This is my kind of like the, the deal I have circled as far as, you know, this entire list. Are you kind of the same way? Is this near the top for you? Uh, it's near the top. Uh, my top is a little bit later on. We'll get there, but uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk specific, specifically about Kimbrel here because uh, if you actually look at his stats from last season, they're f- really funny because on the Cubs, he had a sub one ERA and then he immediately goes to a five with uh, the White Sox. So, but it was such a small sample size. I honestly, I feel like they shouldn't even trade him yet. They should wait because I feel like he has the potential to go right back to form and then be, you know, either flippable or a big piece in their pen because they're looking to compete. Um, which is actually, I think the Nationals should take a look at Kimbrel specifically uh, for the, re- the just he if he does what he does in a half season last year with the Nats, he's extremely valuable. So um, maybe not go straight for it, but at least take a look at him because there's definitely potential of flipping him at the deadline for even more. So right and. As far as like 
trade assets go, right? Just in general, not necessarily salary dumps, but trade assets. Relievers are the ones you see traded most common just because it's like, oh, we need to bolster our bullpen. Like not many teams around baseball have good bullpens. And the White Sox actually are one of those teams and they would still have a good bullpen if they didn't have Craig Kimbrell. So this is why I feel like the White Sox might be inclined to move him. They acquired him from the Cubs in an attempt to like make a push for 2021, but it didn't work. And now they're realizing they might need to use that money elsewhere, which is why they're kind of in this situation. So I agree with you. I, I think the Nats should look at Kimbrell because even if he does have, let's, let's just say a, a four ERA. So not like a sub one, like he did it with the Cubs, but a, a four ERA. So better than he did with the White Sox. That's still going to be valuable to a team looking to make a playoff push. Cause again, experience the resume accounts for something in these deals. It's not just what have you done for me lately? I mean, that's the primary, uh, you know, determining factor for value and, and you know, return, but the, the resume does talk. So I think Kimbrell probably would be a viable option and that the Nats should look into. I agree with you. Let's move on to Detroit. This one, we only have one for Detroit. Detroit's kind of an interesting position because they are, you know, they kind of exceeded expectations last year and are looking, they just signed Javi Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez, we talked about. So they're looking to make a, a push for the first time in quite a bit. They still have that one albatross on, on their team, and that that's Miguel Cabrera. And obviously, he, he's meant a lot to that franchise, and there might be some Tigers fans that argue that the deal was worth it because of what he provided in the front half of the deal, even though now it's like kind of weighing down the team in some respect. I, I just don't see this happening. I don't think Miggy's going to go anywhere. I don't think the Tigers are going to move Miggy. Uh, wh- what do you think? Uh, I'm with you. Don't think it's going to happen, but it's fun to think about. Uh, he's got two. About. Yeah, he's got two more guaranteed years on his deal. Uh, both times he will be making, both years he'll be making 32 million. Both. <laughs> so that's a lot. Yeah, um, I don't, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't see them moving him. <laughs> I don't see them moving him. He's going to retire as a, as a Detroit Tiger in the I, year 2023, most likely. <laughs> I also, do, I don't think they would move him just out of like, like a respect thing. But I also didn't think they would move him because they're not going to be willing to pay the prospect capital for a team to absorb that. And granted, they, you know, a team could absorb half, and then the Tigers could retake. Like they're they could get creative with it, but I, I just don't see it happening at all. Um, the Guardians, there's not really that one. The Guardians don't pay anybody. So that that's yeah. basically what, what it came down to. Like Jose Ramirez is the one, you know, people love to mock in their Billy Bean Moneyball type trades. Jose Ramirez is probably not going anywhere, and he certainly wouldn't be a salary dump. He has one of the best yeah, yeah. deals in baseball. So the Guardians, we're just skipping over them. The Twins, however, have kind of an old friend that <laughs> the Nats were linked to quite often. Uh, just a few years ago. That is obviously Josh Donaldson. The Nats still have a need at third base. Uh, They were linked to Josh Donaldson before. Now they kind of lucked out missing out on signing him because he he just hasn't been healthy. He's reverted back to the the previous Josh Donaldson and not the MVP caliber type. Uh, That being said, Twins could look to salary dump. Nats need a third baseman. Thoughts? Could he end up in D.C. after all? This one's realistic to me. Uh, yeah. And honestly, I would 
be totally down because I think Josh Donaldson, just from an entertainment perspective, is really a, a fun player to watch. Whether you like him or not, he's going to bring you something. Uh, and, you know, if he does bring some stats along with him, that's cool too. Uh, but he's going to be making over $20 million. Uh, the Twins, besides Buxton, really don't have a lot of money in other free agents. Uh, so it honestly makes sense for them to move him, especially after a disappointing season last year. Uh, and he, I think he has two more years on his deal. So that would net us some better prospects. If yeah. Cause I think he has like a team or not a team option, a player option for the fourth year. If I remember the deal correctly, uh, cause uh, I, I, he's got, I got to pull it up right here. He's got two guaranteed deals two get guaranteed $20 million deals or years left. And then he had, there's a club option. Uh, at, at, in so that was that was four years with the club yeah wow yeah. <laughs> good for josh donaldson yeah uh, he, made, he made off like a bandit in that one yeah i, I see why the nats <laughs> opted not to so yeah that obviously that club option is most definitely getting declined um yeah. but yeah two years would net net you a good prospect don't know that the twins would do that just because they're probably not looking to get rid of prospects but who knows that that division might be wide, more wide open than some think. So the, the twins might see an opportunity to, you know, make moves and free up some money so they can make subsequent moves. Let's move to the AL West. Uh, not a ton in the AL West. The Astros kind of in a unique position. Everyone they're paying is still pretty valuable to their team. So there's not really a salary dump candidate there. Texas, they had no money until recently. And by recently, I mean, what was it? November 30th that they signed everybody. So they're not going to salary dump people that they just signed. That would be quite the move. It'd be quite entertaining actually. Um, so nothing for Texas. Same thing with Seattle. There's not real money tied up anywhere and anyone that they do sign, obviously they're not going to look to trade right away. So that just leaves you with two options, the angels and the A's. The A's are a frequent trade 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 partner with the Nats. Uh, you know, Gio Gonzalez, uh, Josh Harrison, Jan Gomes. Uh, there's probably other ones in there. You know, if you go Doolittle, back to little Madsen. Oh, yeah. Do a little Madsen. Yeah. That, that, that's the big one. Um, so there, there's a history there. Oakland is very clearly selling. I mean, shit, they just gave away their manager. So who, who knows what else they might just give away? Like, I, I, I don't know. But Elvis Andrews and Stephen Piscotti are two players we – are, are highlighting for the A's Elvis Andrews, you know, middle infielder. That's kind of what the Nats need right now. They have uh you are not, I was going to say, you know, Escobar, they have Alcides Escobar who kind of fills that role. But if Garcia isn't developing as quickly as they hoped, and they need another viable option, Andrews fits that role. Stephen Piscotti kind of like a, a, a streaky outfielder plays good defense. Nats need a, a left fielder specifically. Um, so he, he fits the mold. And like I said, Rizzo and, and the A's have a history of working deals out that seem to be beneficial for both sides. The question is, do you see the A's doing it? Because the A's seem to be going opposite of what we've seen before, where it's like they were sort of competing, but wouldn't go all in. Now it seems like they're sort of tanking. Do they go all in? Honestly, with the A's, I, I really don't know what they're doing most of the time because, like, they kind of sell a lot and they still have been <laughs> winning. So, I you know, I don't Weird. know. But, but now they don't have the manager. 
they don't they do not have the manager i think the padres yeah we'll get into that a whole nother day but i <laughs> right. love that pickup for the padres but um so piscotti and andrews um all right andrews is that how you say it andrews andrews mm-hmm. i always thought it was andrews <laughs> damn <All laughs> whatever right. well so they're both uh they're not huge contracts so when we say salary dump here it's more like if you if you're probably going to get a more low end prospect if you take on these contracts because but the A's love huge. to shed money so the A's, A's love to shed money. Dump. Also, both of these players had really really poor 2021s. So, and they're both in their 30s. Um, so I could see them maybe not to the Nats but moving somewhere. Uh, and they're also shopping Olson uh, and and Chapman I think as well. I don't know if they end up trading Chapman, but um, tell you Olson what. might get traded. <laughs> Love me some Josh Bell, but if they can finagle a deal where somehow they end up with Matt Olson, <laughs> I, uh, I, I might, you know, I've, I've, I've always, that. I, my, my, my old roommate can vouch for this, but I've been a Matt Olson fan, uh, yeah. for a while because I just love his batting stance. I love the way his, his swing like recoils to the zone. He hits bombs. I mean, he has, and he's a great he, defender as well. People, people don't even know that. Oh, he's a gold he's glove an amazing defender. Yeah. Like his swing is so, like when I say smooth, it's so smooth. It's just like a like a perfect plane. Obviously, lefty, so lefties kind of have the the sweeter swings, at least aesthetically. But it's just he like, has a, like such a smooth plane. It's like a wacky batting stance because he's kind of out like this. Here, I'll, I'll grab a prop. He's kind of <laughs> like out like this, and then it comes back. It's just it, it's it's weird, but it works. And, and yeah. it, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. So he's got the he's got the launch angle, the launch angle swing for sure from the left side. But same thing goes for Chapman. Like if we can somehow, swing a deal. I, I brought that up, a, you know, a few weeks ago. If it's somehow swing a deal for Chapman coming off injury, his value's probably never been lower. I mean, yeah, the value is definitely at its lowest. Uh, and the A's, they, I mean, he he's not making a ton of money either, and he's an arb. So like. I'm pretty sure if he were to get traded, he would actually have a couple years of control left or at least one. Yeah. So he would actually 2022 and 23. Yeah. So, and he, he's a, the defense is always there. That's never going to go away. He didn't quite do it with the bat last year, but even then he wasn't terrible. So um, I haven't really, I haven't looked at his, um, luck stats. So maybe I'll put those on screen just to see if he was unlucky or not. Again, but, in post, uh, this is going to look much better. Exactly, Trey, exactly. Trey's going to work his match. Let's let's move <laughs> on to the Angels because and we, we have a lot of teams to get through. Angels, as much as we would love them to salary dump Mike Trout, it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, Anthony <laughs> Rendon, Rendon, bring him back. Yeah, Rendon <laughs> just ain't going to happen. Rendon might block a trade <laughs> to the Nats. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> he's, he, he does have. I was curious and he does have a <laughs> no trade clause so yeah i, I figured <laughs> uh, the bigger one is justin upton uh justin upton obviously outfielder had a lot of success earlier in his career he's older now uh no disrespect to justin upton but might not fit the angels timeline the angels are obviously trying to compete right now and justin upton might not be like the you know, the answer for them, they might have better options elsewhere. Like they had, uh, uh, what's a prospect? Is it Joe Adele? Joe Adele. Yeah. They still have him. Yeah. So um, if he gets blocked, Brand, like, yeah, Brandon Marsh was another guy who played last year and he was pretty good. So yeah, and obviously you have trout manning center. 
Otani can play some right field if you need him to. So it's like Upton might not necessarily even fit into their plans. Um, and even if he was like still serviceable, I'm not saying he is again, I'm not trying to throw shade at Justin Upton, but it is a valuable salary dump option. He's making quite a bit of money this next year. Do you see the Nats possibly in on this? Like, the Nats could throw him in left field and just like call it a day because they need Honestly, a left fielder. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of money. It's twenty eight million dollars. That's a lot to eat. But the more money, the better prospects you get back. Again, we're not. I'm, I haven't done Angels have drafted sixteen pitchers prospects. this past year. So. They did. Yes, they did. They did. And Nats could use pitching. Any team could use pitching. So um, pitching. Yeah, it's. I feel like he's going to get traded. I don't know if it's going to be the Nats. Um, or, you know, maybe they just eat that. But they're, they got a lot of just money the one more position players. So, I don't know. Maybe it's they just try one to more year, right? Uh, let me check. I Again, in post. Looks much better. Yeah, he's uh, one more year. One more year. Yeah, so they, they might just opt to eat it. But they still need a lot of pitching like current MLB ready pitching beyond just Syndergaard and Otani. Like they, they have a lot and yeah. Iglesias, I guess, like they, they need a lot still. So it's like, they might opt to free that 28 million and you can get maybe two or three mid-level pitchers uh, and, and relievers. And yeah, they don't even need like top end guys. They just need dudes who can come just need, out sometimes. Yeah. They just need like I mean, MLB they, quality pitchers. Yeah. They've been just, really rough the past couple seasons all around starter reliever doesn't matter all right so they I, could use any arms trade proposal i give angels patrick corbin i take justin upton yes i'm doing I, that I, I think that i think that works for both sides the angels are not doing that but i'm doing that they need pitching. <laughs> all right let's move to the they al do. east they do. uh we'll, we'll start with the the yankees <laughs> yankees fans are always in entertaining to to see with their mock trades and whatnot they go full billy bean more than any team in baseball uh two viable candidates aaron hicks zach Britton. aaron hicks signed a very unique deal it was like a seven year 77 million dollar deal so his aav isn't all that crazy but it's the amount of years in the you know the long-term commitment to him is really what the salary dump is nats have a an opening in center field. Uh, they have a couple in-house candidates that might take the job, but certainly nothing set in stone. So Aaron Hicks could, you know, be a bridge and he could play corner outfield as well. Um, Zach Britton, lefty reliever, had some great years. Obviously everyone remembers the infamous, you know, game in Toronto where uh, Buck Walter didn't use him. And since then, it seems like Zach Britton hasn't really found his footing again. But viable reliever, lefty reliever, good sinker movement, gets ground ball outs. Yankees always willing to make a trade. Cashman, one of the you know most savvy GMs in baseball. Thoughts? My thoughts are that uh, are we allowed to do some roasting of the Yankees on this pod? Because uh, I mean, I don't think you have to ask. The only one who might who, take exception to it is who, Allison. Who signed him to that deal? Because I was looking at the stats. Deal. I was looking at the stats, more specifically the stat of games he played. Does have par- a cannon for an arm. He parlayed one full season into that deal. 
one. And I'm just like, he's I don't three understand why in. you're going to, he's yeah, that's, he's still got like four years left. So yeah, I, so I don't know, you know, it's like you were saying, not a high AV, but just the long-term commitment to a guy who never really played enough to do that. So I just, I find that funny. Um, and honestly, if I, I don't really see him getting dealt this off season, but if he does, uh, just that long-term commitment is going to drive up the price of the prospects that come with him. If you want to like just have yourself a good laugh, and I'm telling this to Trey, but also to anyone <laughs> listening or watching, go look up how many years are still left on the Giancarlo Stanton deal, and you will laugh. That he signed a 13 million or 13 year deal in Miami prior to him being traded, which feels like a lifetime ago. And there's still like eight or nine years left on that deal, which I, I guess makes sense. But like the, the, what a terrible contract that ended up being. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because Miami signed him to that deal, knowing that he was not going to be there for that long. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, the thing is, Derek Stanton, Jeter. Though, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Smart man. You know, Stanton, Stanton's rate stats are really good, but he just can't play. Can't stay on the field. So that's the most important value, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't see either of this happening. It seems like the, the Yankees at, at this point in time, they're almost like too proud is, is the vibe I'm getting. Any move they make, they want to prove to everyone that it was the correct move. So I feel like Hicks and Britain, even though they're not like your judge, your Glaber Torres, your Garrett Cole uh, in, in, a ter- in terms of you know, the, the star keystone guys, but it still falls under the umbrella of, you know, whether it's Cashman or just, you know, the Steinbrenners or whatever, they want to show everyone, prove everyone that these deals are right, that the Yankees don't get, uh, nobody gets the best of the Yankees, right? That, yeah. that kind of and mindset. I think that's why Aaron Boone is still the manager. <laughs> <laughs> that, that too. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah. We were right in hiring Aaron Boone. Yeah. And yeah, this is the right guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I honestly don't you remember. He hit Aaron the home Boone. run the one time he hit the home run. <laughs> great oh, dude, guy. Knuckleball guy. Knuckleball guy. Through <laughs> He's a great guy. He gets a Red Sox. Come on. Yeah. 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 Well, but. I honestly don't hate Boone as a manager. Really. I feel like he could work somewhere, but um, just judging through the fan response on Twitter, Anytime I see a Yankees fan, they are calling for Boone's head. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't pay. I don't pay attention to the Yankees that much. I try to stay away from that. Uh, but I when mean. I do see them, that's what I'm seeing. <laughs> Speaking of a team you should probably stay away from and its fans, uh, the Red Sox uh, used to have. Well, they still do have like a good amount of money tied up into to players, but no real salary dump candidates. But the one we did want to talk about was. Uh, an old friend of the Nats, they tried to acquire him once upon a time, and it led to one of, if not the most infamous deal we don't, in, we don't have to talk about it That's in Nats history. <laughs> but Chris Sale, got to talk about it. You know, former Cy Young Award winner. He's had multiple Tommy Johns at this point, came back last year, uh, was still throwing, still like still throwing heat, still had his stuff. It's just, you know, what's that arm got left in terms of health and longevity? In term and in terms of his contract, he still has three years left on his deal. I think he's got uh, he's got three at least. Yeah, check <laughs> the the year because of the shortened season. I am like mixing up the years for like service time contract. and contracts. Yeah. Uh, so he's got um, one, two, three, four. 
So he does have four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is not getting through four years. Um, he's also a psychopath. So I don't, I hope he doesn't, you know, kill me for that. Um, <laughs> do, do you see like the Red Sox ha- are probably the, the kings of the salary dump? Like they've done it multiple yeah. times. They did it with Moogie Betts, even though they hadn't paid him yet. So it's like, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I don't know that I see it. Like, do you have different thoughts? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't see this happening either. <laughs> yeah. But um, the thing about sales is that, or sale is that, um, you know, if he comes back into form next season, it, it's it's going to be dependent on where the Red Sox are at because obviously they were competitive. They won the World Series in 2018. In 2019, they were not that great. 2020, they were really bad. And then last year, obviously, they came back and made the playoffs. But I don't trust that kind of inconsistency. So if the Red Sox get halfway through the season and they have a losing record, um, maybe look to ship him. But I don't think he's going to get dealt this season. It'll probably be in a couple more seasons if he gets dealt. Yeah. Uh, they need to let stuff pay, play out uh, before they make any decisions on sale one way or another. For they're still that. paying. Uh, they're, they're still paying David Price. <laughs> they pay half his salary. Who we will so, talk so. about. Yes, we will. Um, I was going to say. Oh, but as far as Chris Sale goes, like they're still paying him to be their ace, and they didn't get a huge sample size of, uh, you know, him returning from injury. So I feel like at least for the 2022 season, he will be a Red Sox for the entirety of the season. And then maybe this time next year, we're talking about a potential salary dump. But, you know, even next year with another year off the deal, three years to salary dump is is quite a lot. So Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. The Red Sox might just have to eat it. Um, All right. Out of the AL, let's move to the NL. We'll we'll start with the NL Central. Uh, St. Louis. Again, not a ton of salary. Really, the whole NL Central, not a ton of salary dump options. St. Louis does have a pitcher that could be interesting. Uh, Miles Mikolas had a great year. God, again, years blending. I believe it was 2019 that he parlayed that into a, a, a very respectable deal for both sides. But at this point, he's been hurt a lot. The Cardinals have other pitching options. Not that they couldn't use more, but, you know, they might not necessarily have a spot for Mikolas. And the Cardinals obviously, you know, almost beat the Dodgers in the wildcard game. Uh, so they're still very much competitive. So they might be looking to salary dump and, you know, find pitching options elsewhere. Do you see the Cardinals moving Mikolas? It, it, it's sort of a salary dump, but sort of not. Um, I don't, but I threw it on there because he's at, he's making almost $17 million. And I was, I thought it was, that just less, that price. I thought it was like 10 or maybe this season. Oh, it, so, it jumped up. Yeah. It was the, it was the contract structure. He had like, he took a cut in his first season and then, that's yeah, what I was so thinking. He's making, he's making almost 17 million. So <laughs> I don't, I don't think they're going to move on from him because when he plays, he's good. He's good. It's just the injuries have kind of zapped him the last couple seasons. Um, mm. And on, honestly, if I feel like the Cardinals, they're going to be competitive. They're probably going to need him in the rotation uh, if he can stay healthy. So maybe if he has maybe not the best start, then you look for it, but not, I would think he stays there through the off season. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the rest of the NL Central. Uh, I'll just say it now. Pirates, pff, they don't have anyone worth uh, worth our time anymore. Uh, thank you for Josh Bell. 
Uh, <laughs> um, but as far as the rest, the Reds, the uh, Brewers, and the Cubs, for me personally, I'm just going to say yes to, to all four guys we're about to talk about. I will take any of these guys, and I'll just run through them right like really quickly, and you can chime in with your thoughts. Uh, with the Reds, Mike Moustakis was kind of the one. Mike Moustakis and uh, Eugenio Suarez were kind of the one that got this whole conversation going. Uh, you know, that that's who the report was about with the, the, the Nats uh, salary dump uh, trade idea. People were talking about Moustakis and Suarez in general. Absolutely, I'll take either one of them, if not both of them. Give me them. Yeah, I no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, Milwaukee, Lorenzo Kane. I've always loved Lorenzo Kane. So it's like, even though he's not what he once was, you know, with the World Series winning Royals and even early on in Milwaukee, once he signed there, like he's still valuable, still gold glove level defense. The only hangup is like he's effectively Victor Robles. Like he plays really good defense, but nothing on offense. So maybe like that, that just doesn't work. Like you already have Robles. So why take up another roster spot? That's another thing we haven't we haven't really talked about. The Nats don't have a ton of room on their forty man roster, so it's like they can only make so many of these deals. So I don't know that they would want to take on Lorenzo Cain when they have that same uh, archetype player on the roster already. Uh, but the last one, uh, Cubs. This has been an albatross from the beginning. Not that he's not a quality player, but certainly got overpaid at the time he got paid. Jason Hayward with the Cubs. Cubs, obviously, they were in a fire sale mode at the deadline, just like the Nats. The Cubs, however, did make a splash before the lockout, signed Marcus Stroman. So they might be looking to be competitive, you know, sooner rather than later, uh, as they should, as any good franchise would. But, you know, the Jason Hayward deal is a bit uh, of, um, you know, a a shadow looming over their, their payroll. And they have a new GM in place recently. So, he might look to make a splash uh, move and get rid of the, the Hayward contract, but Hayward plays elite level defense. So like he's, he's certainly not like a burden to your team. These four, I will take any of them. I think Mustakis and Suarez are uh, more likely than the other two, the reds. They like went all in on the 60 game season and then immediately punted like they're shopping Castillo and Sonny Gray now for whatever reason. So it's like they they immediately punted on something that seemed to be close to working. Um, But if they punt like that's, you know, we get the ball back. So it's like, (laughs) you know, that, that works. Um, So I, I, I'll take any of these, but Moustakis and Suarez to me seem like the more viable options. Yeah. uh, Moose is my number one uh, of these trades. I think it makes the most sense because defensive versatility, defensive versatility, also, he's generally known as a leader in the clubhouse, a veteran leader, a guy with a great personality. Um, and he's been a great player. He's really just paddled in injuries. Uh, there's always a possibility that he can come back healthy and play well. Um, Suarez, uh, I mean, the dude's going to hit homers. So he's got that. Uh, Love homers. Yeah. Homers uh, are my favorite, can keep, unless I'm pitching. If he can, yeah. If he can keep his batting average above 200 then he's valuable. But if he can't, then not really. Uh, the Hayward one interests me the most as well um, because they kind of been, he has a, he has a full no trade clause, by the way, we should mention that. So he'd have to waive that, but this contract has kind of been 
rumored to be being traded for a long time, but it was just, there was too many years left. Now there's only two left on this contract, um, which is why it's definitely something the Nats could consider because I wouldn't want to have him locked up for like six years, but two, and you're probably going to get some really good names back because his bat has just been so poor. Um, it's not the, it's not the worst idea. And yeah, he plays elite defense still every single season. So you got, you, you know, you're going to get that consistent. I mean, if you need uh, Jason Hayward or anyone for that matter to waive their no trade clause, just show them one of these. Yeah. Like, there hey, you go. You know, we, we recently won a world series heard about it. Yeah. Come to DC. Don't, don't look at the roster done, right now. Done some good stuff. <laughs> don't, don't look at the roster right now, but this date of 2019, <laughs> that was just a couple years ago. Come to DC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. NL West. A lot of good options in the NL West. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. It was. Uh, all right. I'm mixing articles now. Friend of the show. Um, Fan sided partner. Uh, District on deck. Max put out an article about David Price in particular. Uh, but Cody Bellinger could honestly be thrown in there as well. Cody Bellinger has had like a, a fascinating start to his career and the Dodgers have so many options that maybe they choose to kind of salary dump him, even though it's not really a salary dump. Like Cody Bellinger is fascinating in his own right, but David Price also is like the Dodgers traded for him and never used him as a starter. He was like a, like a three inning guy to the bullpen but he's getting paid very, like top of the line rotation money. So it's like a, just a very fascinating option trading with the Dodgers. And obviously Nats have a very recent history of trading with the Dodgers and the Dodgers still have a very good farm system, even after trading with Nats. So it's like a, a deal could happen and it could be in the Dodgers interest to move price in particular, but maybe Bellinger as well. They just resigned Chris Taylor. So, you know, he's a Swiss army knife. He can play anywhere. So it's like they could move what do you think of this? Like, this is fascinating to me, like the, the concept of a, another trade with the Dodgers. Um, well, I want to talk about Bellinger first. I don't see the Nats declaring Bellinger. I don't even see him getting traded, but I put him in here just because, like you said, there's rumors. such an interesting, such an interesting rumors start to his career. And honestly, if he was just like sort of below average last year, it wouldn't even be a discussion, but he was so, he was just terrible. He was one of the worst so hitters in baseball. Bad. After being the so MVP. Bad. So, yeah, but, um, and you know, it, it's funny because he made 16 mil in his ARB two or one, his whatever, and he's going to be making 17 mil, which is, that's not how that's supposed to go up. It's supposed to go up a lot more than that. Uh, right. But I don't really see him getting dealt, but I think it is interesting to speculate because it's just, it's so risky to trade him because if he does go back to form, he's one of the best hit players players just in general he's i mean i would put him his 2019 if he could do that again he's a top 10 player easily so yeah but i don't I, yeah i don't really see him getting dealt price though um i really hope the nationals look at this one because uh i like david price as a you know a third fourth option he's going to give you innings uh, as long as he stays healthy um and then quite honestly we we, we might it might be a steal. Like, yeah, we don't know who David Price is right now because the Dodgers never really used him. Granted, the Dodgers, like, well, they had an embarrassment of riches in terms of pitching, but it's like they saw David Price and they were actively using like 
Tony uh, Gonsolin ahead of him. They're using Dustin May ahead of him. They're using uh, um, God, I can't remember that guy's Victor name. Victor Gonzalez. Uh, Ross Stripling. They're using <laughs> when they had oh, Ross yeah. Stripling. They were using Ross Stripling ahead of him, and, and all, all this stuff. So it's like maybe they saw something. I, I think David Price had like uh, you know nagging injuries as well. Nothing like Tommy John, but like nagging injuries. So that might have p- played a part. Um, but like David Price still might be a very effective starter, and nobody knows it because we just haven't seen it. So it's like that that potential reward is just like so enticing to me that. I said off the top, like I'll, I'll take on any of these contracts. It's just because of the state of the nationals, but like we might get a really good prospect and a really good player. Yeah. And uh, you know, with price, he took 2020 off and he was, uh, he was in his That's right. early thirties, I believe that could you're give off, him some you're off the old arm. You never know. You're off the you're old off arm. And uh, no I, taxes, for, just like Ryan Dodgers, likes no taxes. Yeah. Tax evader, Ryan. Uh, and then uh, what was I saying? Oh Not yeah, <laughs> so uh, it's all it's fine. Uh, so with with Price, uh, the Nats should definitely take a look at him because there's upside, there's prospects, uh, and I believe that the Red Sox would still have to pay half his money if he was traded to the Nats. So <laughs> probably that would all, that would that would you know he he's listed as making thirty two million dollars next season, but. Only half of that's coming from LA, which means I think only half of it would come from the Nats if they were to trade for him. Um, and he's got two years as well. Could be a so. steal. That's all I'm saying. Like, if if it's not, if then you're getting what you effectively paid for. You you're getting a salary dump. You're getting a player that's no longer effective on a bad contract in exchange for a top prospect. Like you yeah, getting the, a top the, prospect. The, but the if he's good, that deal, he's good. The floor of this deal is high because I don't really feel like the Nats. The ceiling's really high too. It, it's yeah, it's yeah. quite honestly like the only high floor, high ceiling deal this, in this yeah, list. This, this is one of the better trade candidates for sure for the Nats. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the Padres. You know, the winners of the Max Scherzer sweepstakes, uh, according to Ken Rosenthal. Uh, <laughs> although I shouldn't be making fun of Ken Rosenthal right now. R.I.P. Uh, yeah. 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 We, we, we love you, Ken. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But Ken Rosenthal does not deserve <laughs> what is happening to him right now. Yeah. Um, the Padres. Also a very fascinating case study with what they're doing, what they have done, what they will do. They they have a lot of money tied up in players. And it just obviously we saw last year, it just completely fell apart, completely did not work. They brought in uh, they they stole literally stole him from Oakland. Um, Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin. Thank you. Uh, all, all Bobby Melvin. And, and you know, he's a, a proven manager, not just like some hotshot young guy. Like he's proven multiple manager of the year awards in Oakland with, you know, no money, no freedom signings. Uh, and now you have some, you have an aggressive front office to pair with a good coach. Like you, you would think the Padres are going all in, but what does all in look like? Does it like mean adding to what they have, or does it mean getting rid or freeing up some stuff to make more moves? Don't know. Uh, but Eric Hosmer is kind of the big one. He was the first one to sign with Padres. Manny Machado followed. Fernando Tatis got big. Cronenworth, uh, you know, Fam, all those other deals that that followed. 
Um, so that, that's the big one. Obviously, you have Josh Bell, so that, that would be kind of an issue from the start if you don't have a DH. Uh, Will Myers, who it seems like he's been salary dumped from every team he's ever been on. No, no shot at Will Myers, but it's what it seems like. He, he's an outfield power bat, then that's my like. And you, Darvish, who the Potters just traded for, was very ineffective last year. Potters might be looking to move on right away. Uh, he does have no trade clause, so I don't see you, Darvish, in particular. Because in 2022, you're going to have you, Darvish, uh, Blake Snell, Mike Clevenger, um, Joe Musgrove, and you still have Chris Paddock, who, if Chris Paddock's your five, like, that, that's more acceptable than Chris Paddock being your one, which he was for yeah. the Padres. Um, and they have a uh, Denelson Lamette too, who who's de- dealing with injury, but I mean, he might be your five and Paddock might be relegated to a bullpen. So it's like, I, I don't see them moving Darvish, but Hosmer and Myers, I feel like they are going to move. They already traded Adam Frazier and that might've been because of ineffectiveness and they have other infield options, but you know, Cronenworth plays first base. So they, you know, could look to move Hosmer in that, terrible contract and you know they have you know they're playing fernando tatis in outfield uh you know it's past year so they could look to move will myers what do you think about the padres as a potential trade partner uh i i don't know about for the nats but um will myers probably makes the most sense for the nats uh because he could play every outfield position and he's got some nice pop which the nats could use he doesn't uh, use batting gloves, though, so I don't really want him. I think people who don't use batting gloves are weird. <laughs> no gloves? Oh, I, I didn't use gloves, dude. No batting <laughs> gloves for me either. Oh, well, that's why you're here and not there. <laughs> yeah. Granted, I am too. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. who, who, who the yeah, hell we're knows? both sitting here. <laughs> uh, now, you, Darvish, is interesting to me because it pretty what, – what, he was an all-star. I don't think people remember. He had a great first half, and then they cracked down on the sticky stuff. So I don't know because uh, his first half ERA I have the splits pulled up. But he was ERA an all star. But I don't think he really was an all star. If you know what I mean, his numbers he weren't was, great. He was he was pretty good. He's had okay three oh nine ERA. Okay, maybe first there was just like an egregious half. egregious snub. Because I remember when the all star rosters got announced, and everyone was like, "You Darvish." And granted, I mean. I can barely remember what happened yesterday. So if you're asking, yeah, what I, don't, I the, can't remember the, the All Star break. Like, uh, I'm just not going to be able to to cite my sources. But okay, 309, obviously very, very good. But yeah, the second half is, you know, what have you done for me lately? Sticky stuff. That's obviously going to be a an issue for pitchers to work through or lack thereof. Sticky stuff. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's interesting, but I certainly don't see as high of a ceiling as some of the other deals. Yeah, and I don't know if he if he was using sticky stuff. It's just speculatory. But just looking at the stats, you know, maybe the Everyone Padres was know using sticky stuff. And look, yeah, I'm not joking. Everyone was using sticky. We don't have to get into it, but everyone was using yeah. sticky stuff. Uh, but you know, maybe the Padres see that second half ERA and they say, "Let's try and get this guy out of here." But he has a no trade clause, so it's it it doesn't have to happen. Um, and, and then Hosmer, he, sorry. I was just going to say, and he's going to want his personal catcher and the Nats don't really have an option for. I didn't catcher. even think about Caratini. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. But for Hosmer, the Hosmer deal would work if we traded them Josh Bell 
Um, I don't want us to trade Josh Bell, but if that's the direction we're going in, uh, we should probably look at Hosmer because he can give us the best return. I'm trying to think, is it Mackenzie Gore? Is that the, the prospect? If we could get Mackenzie Gore. Give me Hosmer and Gore for uh, Bell and Tim Kate. I don't know. Like, yeah. You, I mean, we honestly, if we got Hosmer, you really don't. Besides Bell, like you don't. I don't. I don't feel like the Nats need to even throw in a prospect because his contract is just. I mean, he hit replacement level last year and got paid like thirty million dollars to do it. So that's how many years does he have left? It. I thought he only had like two years left. I I think it was a. I think he's got three. It was a seven-year deal, but I thought it was five years. Ago. Yeah, he's he's got he's I got thought it was three. A season. Damn. No, he's got thought, four. How I thought he left thought, the it season was an eight-year after. Deal. I thought it was seven too. No, it's eight. It was an eight-year contract. So yeah, no, they so would have give to give me, up some. I'll give you Josh Bell. Give me Hosmer, Gore, and uh, Lamet. Yeah, Lamet. <laughs> yes. God. Yeah. So he's got. He's going to make twenty million this year, and then it drop. It actually drops to thirteen million per year for the next three years after that. The but Padres. That's still a ton of money. The Padres are the uh, owner defender's best friend. Because, you know, owner defender will always be like, oh, they don't need to spend money, like stuff like that. And the Padres do spend money and make moves and they're all the wrong moves. And it's just like, yeah. look at the Padres. You want to be the Padres? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, <laughs> that's, kind of, kind of, that's kind of what I want. But uh, now they're obviously in a bad salary dump position. All right. Let's knock out the rest of the NL West. Uh, the Giants really only won. Evan Longoria, Giants, obviously best team in baseball, regular season, that is, last year. Uh, who knows what they're going to do? Evan Longoria was effective in spurts, uh, but obviously health has been a major concern of his ever since he got to uh, San Fran. Maybe. I, I don't know. It seems like the Giants kind of value that veteran leadership uh, on the, their team and Evan Longoria is like a proven ball player. Like he's just been around forever. So I don't know, but maybe. Yeah. So I actually like Longoria to stay put if the DH is implemented, especially in yeah. the National League. Right. Um, because he can still hit. And uh, I think that also, you know, as an older guy, if he's DHing instead of playing third base every day, that's going to help his legs, going to help him stay fresh. Um, and uh, he was, like you said, he was pretty effective when he played last year. So uh, I'm not sure what the, what the Giants are going to do with that. The thing is about San Francisco is that they were like the best team in baseball and they have a top 10 farm system. So they're in a pretty good position to do whatever they want, honestly. Uh, and they have the manager of the year. So I got to say, did not expect that turnaround. I guess the Phillies front office is just that bad. <laughs> well, Ryan loves to say that the Giants are frauds. So... Maybe we're we have a seventy win season from them uh, incoming in twenty twenty two. I guess we'll see. They, I I would probably say they overperformed, but I don't I don't know. They were they were they're, they're they won like hundred and seven games. They absolutely they over, overperformed. They overperformed, but I I really like their starting pitching to uh, keep them competitive. God, I I don't even remember what happened. They lost Gosman, right? Gosman went to Toronto. And Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray went to Seattle. That's the mm-hmm. movement. Okay. Yeah. And then they they signed Alex Cobb to replace him. So they signed Alex Cobb, Alex Wood, and uh, D. Scalfani. Yeah, and they also still have uh, uh, Logan Webb. 
Excuse yes. Me. <laughs> I was going to, I was, was going to say Derek Rodriguez, but which was a pitcher. For the draft. <laughs> I don't know if he's still Yeah. Is. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. Remember Long him. hair. Pudges kid, um, right? Yeah, I believe so. Um, okay. All right. Anyways, let's move on to the Rockies. Uh, unfortunately, they, they don't have no Nolan Arenado to trade anymore. Uh, I wish the I Nats would have gotten in on that. Uh, but they yeah. do have Charlie Blackman. He's older, but he's an on-base king. Um, plays an effective center field. Core's effect, like I'm not even going to consider that because it, this is a salary dump. Like you need to uh, acknowledge what you are trading for or the possibility of what you're trading for in one of these types of deals. So I'm not going to care about the Coors effect. Nats have an opening in their outfield in general, not obviously not right field, but in their outfield center and left. So it's like, I feel like Charlie Blackman could fill one of those roles. He's a veteran guy. He's been around a while. He gets on base. If he gets on base, we like him. My Billy Bean impression. Um, It's fine. Like I'm not going to go crazy over it, but it could be a good deal, but also back to my point about uh the royals like i don't know that the rockies are looking to salary dump uh uh blackman arenado is a little bit of a different story because he had an opt-out so it's like he could have opted out and the rockies would have lost him for nothing but blackman doesn't have an opt-out so it's like i i don't know where you know when you trade him to get the max value but i i don't know that i i see them moving blackman yeah, and it's pretty much for the reason you just said. They're not going to want to attach prospects to a to a big contract um, unless they, you know, were to randomly start really hot next season. I don't see it happening. Um, but it, it's an interesting uh, thought because Blackman with a DH would actually be even more valuable because uh, he was a good fielder, uh, but he is he's getting older, so he's probably going to zap his athleticism a little bit. Uh, so if the DH option is there, he can probably not be a full-time DH, but he can DH some. Yeah. Uh, but let's be honest. They're not trading him. They kept John Gray at the deadline, uh, because they wanted to, uh, potentially resign him. They kept Trevor story at the deadline, even though Trevor story did not want to be there. They are keeping Charlie Blackman. Like the Rockies have no idea what they're doing. They're keeping Charlie Blackman. (laughs) Um, so let's move on to Arizona again, a couple like decent options. Mad bum is the first one. He's a modified no trade, which I assume means he has the Nats blocked. Um, oh, I actually don't know what that means. I just wrote it. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure a, modif- a, a modified no trade is like he has, he can block like 13 of the 30 teams or, or something mm-hmm. or 29 teams. Yeah. I'm uh, just not sure which teams he's blocking. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he blocked the Nats. It seems like most team or most players block the Nats. And they're modified no trade. Um, Nick Ahmed and David Peralta, both like quality, serviceable bats. I'm not as familiar with their defensive metrics, but like decent bats, the Nats could incorporate into a uh, offensively depleted lineup. Um, thoughts on the Dimebacks? Again, my argument is going to be the same here. It's like, are the Dimebacks really looking to salary dump? I don't know for certain. But uh, they could, and maybe, but I, I don't know that I see this one either. Yeah, well, so um, Mad Bum, I don't see this this season. Probably another season before he's he still gets got like it. four years. Yeah, he's he's still got a long long contract. Um, Ahmed is interesting because he's making a decent amount of money, and he actually recently he's not been a great hitter. 
but his fielding ability is still there. He's one of the best infielders. Mix uh, that up. So, and this is more of a low key deal. If the nationals were to make it probably wouldn't get a huge prospect from it, but you get a guy who can play utility infield uh, and he can pretty much play second shortstop really well. I don't know about third base, um, but he's definitely a good shortstop. Um, and then with Peralta, I don't see that more as a salary dump. I see him getting traded, but probably to a contender because yeah. he can hit a little bit. <laughs> a little decent. Mm-hmm. So probably nothing there. Um, so let's move to the NLEs. And this is where we get wild. None of these deals are going to happen. They're not going to trade within division. And that's, you know, those teams with, with the Nats. The Nats probably would because they're kind of just in you know, fuck it mode and, and you know, will make deals that benefit their team as they should. Um, <laughs> the first, now I want to end with the, the one that's number one on this list. Uh, <laughs> okay, so l- let's start with the uh, Atlanta Braves. The big one right now is just Marcelo Zuna. That's not happening. Like the, the Nats, the Nats cut Starlin Castro immediately, you know, for his, his incident, Marcelo Zuna, you know, incident along the same lines, uh, was actually arrested for it. Like just not happening. That's just something the Braves will probably have to like uh, contact detrimental to the team to get that money back. Something like that. Marcelo's in. Yeah. I I wasn't sure what the uh, compensation was for that. So I I don't even know if he's going to be playing or if he's even allowed to play, but I put him on there just because I doubt he's going to be playing for Atlanta next year. So Uh, he's not going to be, well, (laughs) he's not going to be playing at all in my mind. I, Uh, I hope not. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, I am messing with my eyes. My contacts are like grayed out at this point, so I am flying blind. Um, so if you see me, I am not under the influence. I am just blinded by my own contacts. It'd be your own contact sometimes. Uh, Philly, uh, Philly, obviously trying to compete. I don't think they will ever be competitive. Um, Didi uh, is one. Didi Gregorius, that is. I don't see it. Uh, just because he he went to Philly slash Philly signed him because that's Joe Girardi's guy. I, I feel like Girardi would probably step in and be like, nah, th- that's just me. That's just my, you know, guess. Uh, but Gene Segura is another one. Uh, also very, very good in spurts. Not always the most consistent guy, but can be very, very good. Uh, but he has a no trade clause. Do the Phillies really sacrifice that potential upside when they're trying to be competitive? I don't know. What are your thoughts there? Uh, yeah, so Segura, uh, I, he's probably going to stay put um, because he's been valuable for them. Um, but with Gregorius, I wouldn't say he's going to the Nats because I don't think any of these guys in the, with NL East trades are going to the Nats. But I think Gregorius could get dealt because, I mean, he was bad last year. Really bad. Very bad. Like, horrendous so and he's making he's making a decent amount of money uh he was also hurt a lot last year too so uh i could see i could see him getting traded somewhere uh sorry my cat's scratching the back of my chair <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and, and then uh Segura's probably gonna stay put yeah i agree um so let's get to the fun one and that's obviously uh you know the new york mets and uh, the most infamous, in, infamous trade in recent history for them, Robinson Cano is still a Met, <laughs> and he is still making uh, like thirty million this year. I don't know how many years are left on his deal, uh, like one or two probably. Um, 
but he's still a Met, still hasn't retired. He's just been raking in a uh, winter ball. <laughs> so maybe, uh, but at the same time, it's not like the Mets necessarily care about the uh, luxury tax because they just signed Max Scherzer, like blowing past the uh, the luxury tax. So I don't know that they care. Um, but they also have Cookie Carrasco, like great story, solid pitcher. Just like you know, with everything he's gone through, it's not the most shocking thing in the world to see. Did I skip? I skipped the rest of the AL East. I just realized that I skipped the Did Blue Jays. I skipped the Blue Jays, the Orioles, and uh, and the Rays. I just realized. You know that. what? It's cool. There, all those are like not like. Um, I'm just I looking mean, at the list. I guess list we, could, I we could go through them, but like it's not. But, be, like, let me finish my thought on the Mets. I literally sorry. just noticed that. I was like, I'm an idiot. Um, yeah. Cookie Carrasco, it's like, it's not the most surprising thing in the world that he's been inconsistent. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the Mets probably give him a shot to like write the ship and, and play consistently and hopefully the performance evens out, uh, you know, towards the mean. Yeah. With uh, Carrasco, he just hasn't been able to pitch that much recently. So, they don't have a good sample size to really determine is he still good or not. So I, I, I can see him staying put there. Um, I put Cano on here because it's the funniest contract to me that is in MLB right now, just because he's gotten PD busted twice on it on that same contract. So that's really funny. Uh, he's getting paid a lot of money, a lot of money. Uh, and I just don't know what you do with this guy because is he clean? Is he healthy? He's 39. He's going to be making $24 million as a 39-year-old. The only way that they could get rid of that contract is to attach big prospects, I think. Uh, so they'll probably end up eating that um, unless next season he like somehow comes back with some value. Maybe they trade him for like an actual piece for them. Um, we will take I honestly, Robinson I Cano and Jacob DeGrom for Victor Robles. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I think that's fair. Definitely. I mean, Cano is just like you're never going to win with Cano under contract. So it's like, yeah, so you, you got to trade the other yeah. guy. <laughs> exactly. It's just some no name. Didn't even really pitch yeah. last year. So don't worry about it. Um, all right. Just because it's going to bother me, I'm going to knock out the, the rest of the LA's teams. Uh, Toronto, Kinjin Ryu, full no trade. I don't see that happening. Randall Grichuk, though, been moved. A, a ton. It seems like if a trade happens, you got to check if Randall Gritchett's been involved because he's been traded so much. But uh, like Piscotti, uh, you know, an outfielder with some pop that has underperformed recently, but should he progress towards the mean, could be, you know, something uh, worthwhile. But uh, thoughts on the Blue Jays? Uh, well, for Gritchick, he's he's going to give you home run power every season, every season of created bombs. Um, I'm not really sure on his defense. Haven't checked his metrics on that. I think he's uh, slightly below average. If yeah, I he's got a bat, recall. and obviously we think we're speculating, obviously, that the DH is going to be implemented in the National League. So uh, good bat. You never know. Uh, Ryu, yeah, he's probably going to stay. Uh, even though he did underperform a little bit, he's still a solid piece for them. So Yeah, he's solid as a number state. three because they have Barrios, Gosman as their one, two, and then Rio's yeah. the three that that and then, then yeah. they have like Nate Pearson in the wing. Like they'll be fine. Um the Rays, you know, no strangers to salary dump. They will dump anyone 
at any given moment. Kevin Kiermeyer is the one like elite level defense. Okay. Offensively, certainly better than like Victor Robles, but not like uh, who's the best, like not like Mike Trout level offensive or anything like that. Um, but certainly average offensively elite defensively better than Victor Robles, but sort of in that archetype, it's like, I, th- I think at this point, Robles' ceiling is Kevin Kiermeyer. Like, that's almost the way I look at it. So, it, it you know, to my low cane argument, it's like, would the Nats take up a roster spot for a type of player they already have? Yeah, so the, honestly, the only reason why I even put this on the list is just because Tampa Bay doesn't spend money because it's only $12 million for Kiermeyer, And I don't think that's a salary dump for him, I think. You know they could trade it for, is for it is real for the value Rays, for him. Though. It is, right. but exactly with yeah, Tampa Bay, so I, I, I just looted it because he's the someone would have to trade for Kiermaier as opposed to most of the guys in the list. Like teams would have to get someone to take them. Yes, yes, yeah. but so. with the Rays, you never know because they don't like to spend money. So yeah, um, and you know if you're asking uh, who was it? Oh, if you're asking Blake Snell, they just like trading for slapdick prospects. So you know. <laughs> maybe maybe uh last one the orioles the only one uh that matters on their team trey mancini uh i think this is similar to the kiermaier situation someone will trade for trey mancini it won't be a salary dump but got included in yeah. there because show some respect to trey mancini. Yeah, I'll, and the orioles payroll is last <laughs> yeah <laughs> i and think juan soto's son or they're 29th sorry excuse me oh oh my god you're so so off track there can't believe that i just did by that. the way uh, we're on video now like this will be on the youtube page you are your your outfit today is very together you know you you look like the grayed out face on mlb.com yeah no that's actually what i was going for and that's what you're going for was, yeah it works uh, no actually I, I didn't even mean to match the hat and the shirt that just kind of happened it, it works so like it looked I, it looked lock- like you're going out as like a grayed out player you know yeah, no I think the no, na- or no face yeah exactly yeah, subconsciously my everyday choices yeah yeah <laughs> well th- that was us going through the in- literally the entire league talking about potential salary dump candidates if you know we somehow missed one or you have one that you really like uh be sure to you know comment on youtube and you know mention us on twitter uh talking about it because this is a very viable option for the nats to explore once the uh the league year resumes whenever that may be um but we'll we'll see like i I just don't know what route the nats are going to take just yet just because they haven't done anything yet since the the season ended so we shall see but this is a very viable option and kind of fits the path they took at the deadline so uh i i think this is something to keep an eye on these are potentially names you're going to want to get familiar with if you're not already um but trey thank you for putting this together this was fun man Absolutely. Absolutely. This was a, this was a good time. Yeah. Um, so as, as far as the show goes, like a, a programming note to, to wrap it up here, uh, we'll absolutely positively give you at least one episode a week, whether it be, you know, a true half street high heat episode or the half street hot seat with trivia, you're still going to get content. We're kind of just at this point in the off season, it's early January, nothing's going on. Not that anything would be going on anyways, but it is a lockout. Um, you know, we're kind of just playing around with ideas, 
but we absolutely will continue to do the content. We're back now that the holidays are over, back to posting articles every day. Tyler had a great one about uh, salary dump candidates, which is what we talked about. I had one today about a potential like uh, MLB red zone type channel and, and just overall accessibility to the game. Uh, I believe Allison has one coming out tomorrow. Uh, CK and Danny over the weekend. Uh, like it's coming at you every single day. Obviously Trey has another uh, video coming out on Friday or, uh, and, and whatnot. So it's like, we are providing you a ton of baseball content to hopefully, uh, you know, allow you guys to get your baseball fix that you aren't getting otherwise. Um, but as far as the show goes, it still is happening. It might not be like the same day every week, but it still absolutely is happening. We're kind of just playing with ideas and, you know, taking the off season to, you know, reevaluate as, as any good franchise should. So th- that's that, that's what we're doing right now. But just a little programming note. And, uh, you know, for, for the diehard trivia listeners out there, another programming note, we just haven't been able to get on the same schedule as far as myself, Matt Wyrick, and uh, Ryan Shaq, uh, as far as the, you know, kind of celebrity matchup. as holidays, people are traveling, stuff like that. Everyone involved is still very much interested in doing it. I, you know, I push it off or I promised it, I should say for a couple of weeks now, it is happening just a matter of when. So gives you something to look forward to, I, I guess, but that will be happening. Uh, trivia will resume next week as well. Again, took a week off uh, for holidays and, and, you know, just overall relaxation. If you're in the DMV area, it snowed a ton. So just like, uh, just relax and whatnot, but a little programming note to, to end up, uh, this episode, I hope that I look okay on camera. I hope that you look okay on camera. I hope that the show looks okay on camera because that, that is definitely what we're going to be uh, pushing towards uh, in the 2022 season. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel already, I highly recommend you do so. Might be a little something in in it for you if you do. That's uh, that's all I'm going to say. Maybe. maybe, maybe can't guarantee, but there might might you never know. It wouldn't hurt. Certainly, but be sure to check us out on Twitter as well at Half Street High Heat. Follow us all on Twitter. Myself at Nationals Ace, Trey at Reverse Two R's Two S's. Uh, check out the uh, website at HalfStreetHighHeat.com. Like I said, subscribe on YouTube. Check out our T Public site. A lot of great merch on there. I believe there is a sale coming up, so you're gonna want to keep an eye out on that uh, as well and get yourself some nice merch for when the 2022 season resumes. Um, did I plug everything? I think you got it. I think I got it. I think I nailed it. All right. Thank you. Think so. Trey, thank you again. This is fun. We're absolutely going to have to do this again, hopefully under better circumstances when we're not locked out. But I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, or I appreciate you joining. Appreciate you guys at home listening or, in this case, watching. That's going to be new. Uh, this has been – no, that's – how do I end these shows? I am so out of practice. <laughs> this has been Half Street High Heat. Until next time, let's go baseball. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you later. Call your love.
By the early light of dawn, well, you can see they're running scared. Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air. Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look. Cause we're putting curly W's in every book. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.